All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We normally kick the show off uh, pretty haphazardly and, and silly and whatnot, but in honor of uh, 9-11 and those heroes that had fallen and our uh, fellow patriots that had fallen, um, we are going to start off the show um, with the national anthem. So we will play that in honor of those that passed away in 9-11. Thank you, Whitney Houston, for for that. Um, all right, so here we go. On this week's episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, ham, what is it good for? Evidently a felony. We've got a junior varsity team that's probably the happiest junior varsity team in all of America. And our special guest, Leon Tanner from Watchman Cigars. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where as two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckles studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin... Let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, 2016's Honorable Mention Employee of the Month, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one, it's Mojo! Hello, everybody. 
There we go. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in once again to the uh, Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. We're here in studio. In studio. Right before the hurricane hits. <laughs> Please go to our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Uh, you can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Subscribe, like, give us a review, share those episodes. Um, you can also find us on YouTube forward slash SFP Radio and our new Patreon link at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. Um, just a little bit of business, a business meeting. So family, gather around. This is where we're going to sit down and talk. Mom and dad need to talk to you guys. So uh, you wonder, why do we keep asking you guys to to like our page, to share our page, especially to rate our episodes and give us like reviews and things like that? Did you know that f- there are 550,000 podcasts out right now? Did you know I that? I did not know that. 550,000. So, we have so we're got, not special. We are not. We are at the very bottom of the barrel, if some may say. So there's there's a huge uh, podcast community out there, and everybody's trying to fight for the top. And so the more that you like our page, the more that you like our uh, episodes, the further that we'll go up, the higher we'll they use go a, up. They use an al- algorithm, and that algorithm kicks in, and we yeah. actually get featured. But you know, I think the majority of podcasts actually never have one listen. In, one listen. So we're very fortunate to have our listenership, yeah. international listenership too. So it's it's pretty cool. You so. you are very right yeah. about that. Also, I want to say a shout out to our new listener in Pikeville, Kentucky. Ooh, Ooh. I drew. I drove through there not too long ago. Did you really? Yeah. How was that experience for you, bud? I drove through there not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it, huh? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, um, anyway, the more that you like our, our episodes, the more that you write reviews, the more content that we can provide, the more interviews we can get, the more fun we can have, and maybe we could do this, like, every day. So, I mean, who couldn't, who wouldn't want SFP Radio every day driving into your, your workplace? I mean, who wouldn't want that? As long as I don't make the same uh, culinary food choices on my way in every morning mm. or every day that would be a good thing which is what the, the old chick-fil-a uh, nuggets no 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 it's the uh, cold brew coffee and hot and spicy pork rinds i chose only <laughs> hey buddy that was not a good call sir no, no. i'm gonna ask you like i ask you every week mojo how you be doing man uh actually i'm in a good mood today are you uh, i wish we had some uh, church music to oh, uh man to uh, uh talk to but um you ask and you will receive, right, so, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to give a praise and shout out to the Concord downtown area maintenance guys for finally putting yellow lines and white dotted lines down you the road. Did it, it guys. only it only took five and a half months. So give you guys a, a little clap on the back. <laughs> I wanna I wanna I'd like uh, we've been talking about this how long? For like several, like six months. I think we've been talking about it for 82 episodes, <laughs> even though we only have 77. I can't do any more of that organ music. Uh, I just yeah, can't that, do it. Actually, that was funeral parlor music, I think. <laughs> you, you said you wanted organ yeah, music. Yeah. I did the best but I no, could. I, uh, no, that's, uh, yeah, we, they finally, I, I've never seen a, a road project take this long. I think they're going to have 85 and 77 complete by the time they do all the, the, the road <laughs> striping out here. So, so uh, yeah, Concord, Cabarrus County, uh, road crews. I give you a, a slow clap. Mm. Thank you. Good night. Now we don't have the the mental uh, morons. They they will at least drive on the wrong side of the road because you know people forget that they're in America and will begin to think that they're in the UK and drive on the wrong side of the road. How does that even happen? Like I've seen it. People lose and their people minds. People have done it. People lose their minds that they have no 
like striping on the roads. I, I don't get it, but they do. So, congrats. Mm, How you be gracious. doing? Hey, buddy. Can I just tell you, I am doing great as well. I, I've got to say that I, I know you're a Duke fan. Mm-hmm. I am a Kentucky basketball and football fan. And we have finally broke a streak, my friend. Saturday, we went into the swamp of Florida Gators, and we uh, have lost to said Florida Gators 31 times in a row. 31. At least it's a streak. Oh, it's a streak, my friend. Um, And so we we went in not thinking that we were going to win this thing. Right. But somehow, my boys did it. We actually broke the streak. Um, the final score was 27 to 16. You say, well, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't close 27 to 16, Mm -hmm. but my friend, (laughs) the last nine seconds, we got a six point, uh, pick and then ran it, ran it back in pick six. So I don't know how in the world that happened, but we finally broke the streak and we won and Kentucky goes nuts. Like basketball, we have a a street Mm -hmm. near the university called state street, right? Uh, that's where all the college kids go when there's a victory. Everybody just, you know, gets all crazy. Our, what do they do? They'll bring out their banjos and overalls? What well, are they that's, doing? That's pretty close. Okay. We we have this tradition, and I don't know why, we burn couches. <laughs> we we pull couches out, and we burn them. Um, but uh, it was raining on said Saturday. So what did we do? We we flipped a car over. Oh, okay. Next best thing. And yeah. then was was hitting it. So there was a unfortunate kid that parked his his car on State right. Street, and then actually, it's uh, not a bad idea if you know you're going to have a big game. Just I'd go ahead and park my beater on the street and hoping that they actually turn it over. Well, here's so there was a GoFundMe page mm-hmm. for five thousand dollars to raise money for this kid yeah. to get a new car. Right. Um, however, a and a smart move, a auto company, an auto dealer gave him a car uh-huh. and said, "Oh, we'll we'll give you a car," and now. I mean, there's some. They're getting some good free press. Oh by yeah. The way. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, so I don't know why we do said things. But the last time Kentucky won the national championship, my wife and I actually thought about getting our couch, pulling it out and burning it. Um, <laughs> everyone, everyone, pull your couches out. Sponsored by Rooms to Go. <laughs> so um, anyway, I'm really excited about that. Again, That's cool. 31 years in a row. Who can beat Kentucky 32 times in a row? Nobody. True. I think. Also, I think. Uh, I, I, I'm not a. I don't watch a lot of NFL. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, but mm-hmm. um, I don't watch a lot of NFL. So I'd like to give a shout out to the Cleveland Browns Ooh. because I think for the first time in uh, what was it 102 years that they didn't lose their home opener. They tied. Did they really? But they didn't. They didn't win it. But they tied. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's right. They did tie. Congrats, uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to have the horrible season you had last year. So that's a good thing. <laughs> So they went. They didn't win a game last year season, right? Right. So now they're they've at least tied. Yeah. It, it, so good job. Well, for I mean, them. if they were if it was hockey, at least mm-hmm. they got a point. Yeah. So <laughs> you want to bring in our guest because uh, I can kind of hear I, him chuckling. He's over here. chuckling over here. So we have uh, in studio with us Leon uh, Tanner from the Watchman Cigars. He is going to be joining us for the rest of the show. So Leon, yeah, feel free to jump in anytime. Any you point want, so. you want to talk, anything you want to say, say hello. Hello, everybody. I appreciate you guys inviting me on. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad y'all opened up with Whitney Houston. Yeah. That was so fitting to commemorate 9-11. Mm-hmm. If you think about what we're going through right now in our country as far as this storm is coming through, mm-hmm. 
I pray that it doesn't affect our area. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of men, a gentleman today at Red Hill Brewery. Mm. He came up from South Carolina, first time visited in this area, and he loved it. Mm. Oh, wow. It's like, wow, there's going to be a lot of people flooding our area. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what takes place here in the next you know, three or four days. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather have a people true. flood than a water flood. You're right about that. You're right yes. about that. So um, we will, as we usually do, go into some uh, wacky news. That wacky world. So I have got, um, here's the headline. Ohio grocery store employee facing felony theft charges for eating $9,200 worth of deli ham. At one time? Um, Not at one time. Um, (laughs) Good gracious, could you imagine? The sodium level alone would have killed him. That is one charcuterie plate, I'll tell you that. Uh, charcuterie. I can't, I can't say that word. Can anybody? Char- charcuterie. Is that how you say yeah. it? I was gonna. But you know what? That's actually that's actually a really good uh, guess at it. I'm impressed. Charcuterie. Char. Yeah. Like shark. Is <laughs> charcuterie. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost tempted to take your man card away from doing that. But anyway, I was a chef. Come on. I, that's the only reason why you keep it. So I will keep with my charcuterie plate. There you go. And enjoy that. An Ohio grocery store employee is facing the possibility of a felony theft charges on her daily snacking habit. The unnamed employee worked uh, at Bolivar in the grocery chain Giant Eagle. Never heard yeah, of Giant Eagle. Up north. Oh, you have? That's up north, yeah. Uh, for eight years. During that time, authorities say she helped herself to three to five slices of ham a day, totaling $9,200 oh, and lost revenue. Authorities say she would uh, also sometimes eat salami. Mm. Um, she broke it up a little. <laughs> so she uh, she is now being uh, faced with potential felony theft charges. Uh, they don't know if they're going to press them or not. That is stupid. It's <laughs> a lot of ham, my friend. Shame on you, giant eagle or whatever <laughs> it is. God. Come on. Nine, That's a failure of management right there, you know, over the course of eight years. To not see that she was trying to, she was eating the ham and the what salami. Where did they go back with a recorded camera for eight years and see the shifts? I mean, mm. is it a guesstimate? I mean, mm. I don't Do I they don't have know. stool samples to prove oh, this? Gosh, I why mean, did you even go there? Because you got to have proof. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know how like they can test for drugs by yeah. like your hair? Yeah. Like, is there like a ham one that is you can test? Is there a ham sniffing dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, and what was she doing with the three to five slices a day? Well, uh, she probably put herself on a budget. Oh, yeah. yeah you know. Was she taking it home, you think, like putting it in her pocket or purse? I don't know. Freaking lunch. <laughs> Just lunch. Yeah. Did Did anybody see if she stole any bread and or mayonnaise? Yeah. Like, like I don't know, man. Three to every day for eight years, a ham sandwich for lunch. Now, I like ham sandwiches. Yeah. But come on, what eight kind of, every day. Every day. Maybe it's a salami. But is it? Is it? What kind of ham is it? I don't is it know. Polish ham? Is it Black know. Forest ham? Is mm, it? I don't know. That's shame on you, giant eagle. Come <laughs> on. Yeah, you, everyone. If you listen to this podcast on the regular, you know that I'm a on the regs as the kids say. I am uh, an anti big government kind of guy. So uh, I, when I came across this today, <laughs> I, I've seen this on several uh, posts. And mm-hmm. Reason Magazine actually had a great article, but just to show you how. Uh, 
um, dumb our government is, <laughs> there's an organization called FEMA, which is a federal emergency management agency. Mm-hmm. And FEMA is always late to the party. Every time we have always. a natural disaster, they're always late. Sometimes yep. weeks, months. I mean, I think I think this past hurricane season, they actually did a few good things. But um, they're always late. So anyway, I, just to show you, again. just just uh, I saw a, a article today again because I don't read. I right. just saw the headline. Um, but they showed up like uh, not pallets, but like way more than pallets of unused water. Oh, an airstrip, yeah, an airstrip full of water in. For but that Maria, was actually in Puerto Rico. FEMA did a great job. They delivered it to Puerto Rico. Right. Puerto Rico then Didn't. was in charge of handing it out. Right. It was a failure of. Um, Puerto Rican government officials doing that as in a way to um, politically shame Ooh. current administration. Oh, is that yeah, happening? Yeah, if you if you look at the tweets by the That's Puerto, what Puerto Rican governor, yes, yeah, Puerto Rican governor actually tweeted out after Maria that well, we're not getting any response. Mm, well, they yeah, did. you did. You just didn't, didn't want to distribute it. How about so, it? So, all right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Waffle House, Waffle House, Waffle House actually has a um, a storm center. Waffle House, wait, what? The Great American Institution called Waffle House. Who doesn't love them a Waffle House? Every exit in the South has a Waffle House. Leon, ten, do you ten. like the Waffle House? Can't stand it. What? No. Out of the podcast. You're out. I don't know if we can be friends. <laughs> Waffle and House. Shutting Waffle House is 91 in high school. Uh, oh, my gosh. Waffle House has, you know, they, they never close. And there's sure. a there's a rumor that they always, you know, they take the front door lock out and bury the key mm. in the front stoop just because they never close. Did not know yeah. that. Because they're open all holidays, open mm. 24-7, 365. Okay. So, anyway, um, Waffle House actually has a storm center where they have their top <laughs> Waffle House brass. I don't know how they determined that. But, Boy, I want that job. <laughs> but anyway, they, so anytime they have like a major event or uh, natural disaster, they, they track it. They mm-hmm. track these storm systems and they, they make, you know, assessments. All right, well, we need to close these amount of shops or, mm-hmm. to, or you know, board them up or whatever. So yeah, they actually don't, they don't FEMA. Have keys to the front door, so they're in trouble. Yeah, FEMA, you know, is a multi, multi-billion dollar agency in mm-hmm. America. They actually use the Waffle House Index Wait. to decide where to deploy <laughs> federal resources. <laughs> they use privatization of this corporation, and they use their strategies that Waffle House follows mm. to therefore deploy federal resources. Let How that sink it? in. When you guys, someone's out there going, you know what? I really want to pay more taxes to help people and help the government. Sure. The government is using the Waffle House as a model. <laughs> To determine. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. So is there like a Red Cross Waffle House option? Can you can Well, you I guess that? if you see the Red Cross come in, uh, Operation Barbecue Relief and the Waffle House start to board up, you might want to run the area. Right. Just run. Yeah, if you – so travel tip, pro tip, if you're driving and you, you have no idea what the weather's yeah. going on and you see a Waffle House board up – Yep. Hey, buddy. If you see you that, get, you if you see that bald guy from the Weather Channel standing in front of a Waffle House boarded up, oh, yeah. dude. You, you know it's going to be on. Jesus may be blowing the trumpets himself. <laughs> oh, um, all right. Um, here's my next one. The author of How to Murder Your Husband hmm. has been arrested. Any guess what she was arrested for? How to murder her husband? Allegedly killing her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Um, life has apparently imitated art for one romance writer in a twist of irony so devious that could have turned Agatha Christie green with envy. Oregon chief Daniel Bo- Bofi was found shot to death nearly seven years after his wife 
penned a t- uh, essay titled "How to Murder Your Husband." Wow. Uh, so she has been arrested uh, for uh, attempted murder for her husband. You talk about irony, my friend. I just wonder if it's detailed in her book. I, I don't know. I don't know. How, it doesn't uh, say. The article doesn't say how it happened. But on June second, there was a shooting, um, and then people started getting a little suspicious when she was saying things like, I, "I'm just. I think I'm going to move to get away from my past experiences." Um, Seven days ago. Yeah. So. So anyway, you <laughs> wow. talk about irony. Life imitates one. art. You're not kidding. Yeah. You can't have nothing. All right. So we're going to go into some topics. All right, so uh, here is some topics. So here is a high school coach. He is fired amid an investigation into water possibly spiked with a male enhancement drug. A high school varsity coach in Hollywood, California, was dismissed after two students allegedly spiked water at a junior varsity practice with the male enhancing drugs. Um, according to uh, an investigation on July 12th, there has been no parent complaints of, well, of course that the the school police were not involved. There was no testing of the alleged contaminated water. Um, no students became sick, and yet he still got fired. How do how do we know what happened? And that's the question. So that's that's the topic I want to bring up. So allegedly this happened, mm-hmm. but he got fired because of that. Well, I'm sure uh, part of this is kind of in the culture, the the current climate of the, the of the. The current climate of the country mm-hmm. with uh, anything that's has proclivities towards sexuality, you know, it, it's a hot button issue, especially underage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, either A, the school is trying to uh, hedge a potential lawsuit with underage kids mm-hmm. or B, he was already they were trying to look at look for an outdoor with his contract. Mm-hmm. And this that was just a you know, alleged made up type thing. So, yeah. um I'm sure with a decent lawyer, um, he may not have to ever coach again. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like, what happens if it comes back and there's, I mean, there's one, there's evidently there's no proof that this happened. Well, it's too late to test now. Right. But well, here's the, the, here's how, you know, the team was, uh, Oh, and two going into that game. Now they're one and three. (laughs) So (laughs) they enhanced their play. They enhanced their play on that one. Could you imagine a bunch of junior varsity kids running around with a male enhancement drug? (laughs) I mean, I mean, only, only way they're going to be able to prove that is if he, if he had like a mail order shipment from <laughs> India for three hundred, you know, enhancement pills show up. You I, know, mean, I mean, yeah, I, I don't get it. So that or he had like Cialis commercials straight on his laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> this game brought to you by Cialis. Oh. Um, yeah, but it, the thing that does worry me, and I've and I've said this even with the Me Too movement, is it's you know, shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. And I think that this is just another example of that uh, yeah. where, you know, they could have gotten it wrong. But to your point, they could easily come back with a lawsuit. Right. And then just be in worse trouble. I think I think uh, contractual law, and this is the reason why we, we let the judicial system iron out situations like this. Uh, they have no burden. I mean, the burden of proof is on the school. And right. I'm sure uh, his contract, if he has a contract, which most teachers have some type of contract nowadays, 
I guarantee you he, he's going to have a, kind of a cakewalk in, in school. I guarantee he was probably targeted for a firing. They he'll, were just looking for an out. He'll have so many lawyers wanting that case. Well, oh, one yeah. of us right now can get an online lawyer degree <laughs> and represent him. <laughs> yeah. We probably get a Waffle House and actually apply for it. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to try to maybe here's here's the extent of my knowledge. Uh, one, you have to have a gray suit. Mm-hmm. Every time you leave the courtroom, you have to eat a hot dog, mm-hmm. uh, and you say, say object, and then you act like you don't know what you're doing. That's all from Matlock. See, That's I'm, four years of watching see, Matlock. Back, That's all I got. Yeah, I'm going back to the classic seersucker suit that he wore. The if I got to show up in court, I'm gonna have the Matlock seersucker yeah. suit. Yeah, gray suit, Sport black it, tie, yeah. and then you have no. You act like you don't know what you're I doing. I object. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite lawyer show growing up? Did probably you, probably Matlock. Gosh, I, I, I mean, also Matlock. watched Perry Mason too. Oh, my yeah. grandparents watched that. So. My mom loved that. Did you watch any lawyer shows? I watched Perry Mason. There's a guy my wife watches comes on weekly. Uh, I know the character name is Bull. Yeah, Night Court. Is it? No, it ain't Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> That's eleven o'clock. Night Court had Bull. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it's another show she watched, but it's phenomenal watching them guys with all the technology <laughs> and sitting back quizzing people. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember Night Court. That was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. You know, statistic, uh, not statistically, but scientifically, if you ever get a song stuck in your head, mm. they say play the Night Court theme song, get out. and it goes away. Mm. And it's been proven in the in the Biggin household that that's happened. Scientifically. Scientifically. Yeah. My wife gets stuff stuck in her head all the time. <laughs> just I just play the Night, Night Court, Court theme song. song. <laughs> then she hums that. And then, like, you know, 10 minutes later, she's yeah. not singing anything. So, all right. So I'll have to, I'll have to, we're going to try this out tonight. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to send her a YouTube clip of Mbop. <laughs> no, please don't. All right, here's another topic. Chicago sets up universal income task force as city seeks ways to tackle poverty. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel will start a task force to consider implementing the so-called universal ta- uh, base income program in the city. It is uh, geared to tackle uh, poverty. The idea is to pay 1,000 families $500 every month. No questions asked um, uh, to try to help uh, relieve the poverty. Mojo, what's that? I mean, I can rip into it or somebody else can share their thoughts first. My (laughs) idea on poverty, man, uh, I grew up in an environment where I wasn't in poverty. I was Mm -hmm. considered middle class. Mm -hmm. When I look at what's taking place right now, they always go back to, let's say, 17 years ago, 1911. That affected this world mm. bigger than what we think and what mm. we're talking about right now. When you look at people who lost jobs, people who are already struggling, if you have jobs out there right now who are only giving employees 25 cents, but then you look at the annual rate going up, it's almost like 20 or 30%. It's hard for people to stay on top of that. If yeah. my personal opinion, if the government really wants to help out the United States with poverty, you got to find some way to say, okay, lower your taxes, like Florida. Florida mm-hmm. won't have any taxes. You got to find a way to raise the pay rate to help out these employees. When I look at employees right now that are having to work two jobs just to try and survive, our economy, our government has to do something to help them. I tell everybody, you know, my personal opinion, the government wants us to be in debt for us to survive. Mm. When I look at that national monument over 15 years ago, they paid $50,000 to just put grass seed down. Mm-hmm. Me and 10 of my buddies could have done that off about $15,000. <laughs> yeah. I walked out when I saw it. This blew my mind. I tell everybody, when you get a chance, please go visit Congress. I mean, call your local congressperson to take a tour. When you walk through there, they have chandeliers in there. We're paying $5,000 a week. At the four chandeliers, I'm asking my escort about it. My wife says, Leon, be quiet before they kick us out of here. <laughs> when I talk about the money they spend weekly 
Yeah. I'm like, this is phenomenal. You guys are spending $5,000 per chandelier. I already counted 10. There's about 15 in there. Mm. They have things in a basement, all these hidden documents that they're constantly having to keep clean. So you take some of that money, you put out these communities that are in these jobs, help us out some. Mm. And that's how you help, in my personal opinion, get society back on track. Um, I'll take a little different approach. I, 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 well, ironically, Rahm Emanuel's not running next year hmm. uh, or for next term for mayor of Chicago. He's been a fundamental disaster. Murder rates are just skyrocketed in Chicago. Sure. It's, it's, it is an absolute travesty, uh, the loss of life and injuries that have been caused. And it's not his fault per se. It's just policies and policing and things like that. And we, that's a whole new, another rabbit hole, rabbit trail we can go down. But, um, the good thing is we actually have context for universal basic income, um, and to, to see how it's played out. Uh, Finland, if anyone remembers Finland, um, of last course, year, who, who doesn't remember Finland? Well, last, last year, <laughs> fin, fin, last year, Finland rolled out a similar plan. Uh-huh. Um, they rolled out uh, a similar plan with, I think, 1500 families. Um, they budgeted for this. Uh, they were give each each person was given I think around twelve hundred dollars U S money uh, a month. Um, within nine months, um, the the plan was bankrupt, and they had to announce plans that they were canceling it. Mm. And this Finland um, has currently eight point four percent unemployment, so mm-hmm. they, this was a kind of a hedge to to break poverty there. Also, um, Finland has a very um, a very a huge safety net as far as welfare, things like that. So there's all kinds of systems. And they have to because once you know, there's no uh, economic freedom there uh, to start businesses or to do side businesses, everything's mandated and regulated by the government, of course you'll have high employment. Hmm. Um, in fact, there's a thing called the Global Freedom Index, Economic Freedom Index. Um, U.S. is number 16. I mean, we're the land of the free, but we're number 16. Hmm. Um, Finland falls number 26. So it just shows you that even though we have so many regulations here, Finland has quite a few more. Um, coincidentally, um, there's another country, kind of the same Norwegian Scandinavian model um, as far as um, population density, um, et cetera, et cetera. That is Iceland. Iceland has a 2.1% unemployment. Based on their working age numbers, they only have 1,220 people that don't have jobs in the whole country. (laughs) So, But they have such low unemployment. They're actually having Mm -hmm. to ship in temporary foreign workers just to fulfill construction jobs, hospitality jobs, things like that that are going Uh unfilled. Um, Iceland is ranked number 11 on the Freedom Index score. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, the universal basic income has been brought up. And and usually when it's brought up, it's brought up uh, as – when automation is going to kick in mm-hmm. as far as when we have robots making everything. Robots are in fast food restaurants. Robots are yeah, bagging yeah. your groceries, whatever. I mean, so that's when you usually hear it. But I think, number one, I'm, I'm personally against it, and here's the reason why. It's because how is it funded? It's funded through tax dollars that are given to the government. This is money that's being reallocated and redistributed from people who provide actually tax dollars. And, mm-hmm. You know, if we actually go back on that, a rabbit trail of the tax dollars, we actually realize that the top 10% are the only ones who actually pay taxes. There's people that actually don't pay taxes in, but actually get tax refunds out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a family that do that. Do that. They, they work the system to where um, they don't work enough hours, actually pay enough taxes in, but they actually do get out. I do like Leon's idea, like Florida. Mm-hmm. I lived in Tennessee. Tennessee had no state tax. Tennessee had a very, very, very low property tax. 
um, they all had no vehicle tax. So it was easier. You know, some people want to go buy a car, but they can't come up with that extra 200 bucks to get it registered mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Well, states like that, that don't have such a high um, cost of actually living there. They actually do. They actually have benefits. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the reason why a lot of people, a lot of business corporations relocate to these states because it's easier to do business. Yeah. So I think if we did anything, we should, probably should model after these states because these states are the ones who uh, – have a more free, a higher freedom index where businesses are actually relocating, manufacturers mm-hmm. are relocating. Um, you know, we're. I'm always skeptical of government numbers. I know that our current <laughs> unemployment is 3.9 percent. It's probably somewhere closer to 12 or 15 percent mm-hmm. um, right now, just because if you actually take the people who have just said screw it, I'm, you know, I'll, I'm not going to look that, or I'm going to go fall down the stairs and draw disability. I mean, <laughs> there's people out there like this. So yeah. I, I mean, we have a low unemployment. It's not as I, I'm skeptical of, of government numbers, and I was I was skeptical under Obama's administration too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not politically leaned, but um, I think that we do have an opportunity right now. We're facing a shortage of workers, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with working hard, like Mike yeah. Rowe talks about. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with working two jobs. I mean, I work two jobs. I mean, uh, both of them are my businesses, but I do work those. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy the hustle. Um, I don't believe I, I don't believe that if we give I don't mind a hand up. Mm-hmm. I don't want a hand out. Yeah, correct. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind some of my tax dollars going to that. Um, yeah. I, I believe that some people just get kicked in the teeth, and yeah. they need it. But I don't believe in the generations of it. Sure. You know, like my my sister in law, who probably will not listen to this episode, which I could <laughs> care less. Not. Which I could care less. But Somebody's she's, she's teaching. Shade. She's teaching her kids mm-hmm. that it's easier to squeeze the system than to actually go work. Yeah, and. That's sad. There's there's generations of that. So I, I, my fear is that universal basic income will lead to that because they, people realize, well, you know what, I got this coming in anyway. I was going to go work five days this week, but I think I'm going to call in two extra days to go do something. And that's just my personal opinion. And right. I think if it wasn't for Finland kind of tracking this early, that's what they found out, that this was actually no net benefit. Yeah. And I, it, it, it takes money to work, So which means – we're going to have to hire low. We're going to have to increase taxes, or I mean, I'm all about finding ways to cut money. Yeah, I, I yes, agree. I There's we we our government leads probably the world in just spending money that's useless. I mean, yeah. like we talked about before, we we spend over a million dollars on this ketchup institute to te- <laughs> yes. test the velocity of ketchup <laughs> right. or viscosity. I mean. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree. I'd make those people unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cancel that institute and make those people employed. Or uh, I'll do that job at half whatever they're getting yeah, paid yeah, right like, now. Like I said, Straight well, up. We got Leon going to drop seed for 15. Yeah. I, we'll do the I'm ketchup testing tasting. Ketchup. Yeah. yeah. We, we do a lot to do that for 15 grand a year, too. So. <laughs> but no, it's just, anyway, my two cents. No, I, I agree. I think that we've got to figure out a way to cut spending. Um, but I also wonder if if people are getting this $500 a month, and that dries up, that just leaves them in even a worse spot because they were depending on that. Money. That's true. So, you know, well, at I mean, some point. Yeah, and I wonder how that would affect their station in life. For example, if they do have that 500 bucks a month and, yeah, that's and it's not just gonna, a, and they don't realize this, this could be just a test test phase mm-hmm. and they decide to go upgrade into a new house or apartment or go get that car payment, then all of a sudden into that 14, 12, 14 months that they decide to cancel the program because yeah. they ran out of the money. What happens there? Yeah, yeah. That, that could be a, a Travis 
travesty in the retail commercial retail yeah. market. It goes back to high school, man. They should have never cut home economics. Ooh, I, I oh, totally you're right about they that. They never should have cut. Yeah. That was my favorite class. Yes. Well, it taught you so much in life on mm. how to finance money. And this generation that's coming up right now is really struggling. I, so a button. I don't think they know how to balance a checkbook or mm-hmm. anything like that. No. Well, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've, I've, I've know some young people who are not paying their rent. So mm-hmm. how about that? Mm-hmm. Um, we, one thing we started the show with a, uh, with the star spangled banner, uh, for nine 11. So Mojo kind of wanted to talk about where were well, you? I mean, this, this is, I mean, I, I hate to use the word special time of year because that's, you know, it's, a tragic time, right? You know, it's it's something of remembrance and and uh, remembering where we were. I mean, because mm-hmm. it, it brings back so many emotions. Because you know, I have a I have a fifteen year old daughter. Yeah, she didn't see that. Yeah, you know, so um, she will never know those feelings. And and I pray that her generation never has a nine eleven or a Pearl Harbor moment. You know, sure. Um, but yeah, nine eleven. I mean, I remember. I can I can remember the smells and the taste of that day. I mean, mm. you know, I was I was a chef in a restaurant in Greenville, South Carolina called Italian Market, and um, you weren't eating nine thousand dollars worth of ham. Luckily you? not. Okay, good. But <laughs> I can't account for some other things. But uh, I, I remember going and talking to my uh, my bar manager for the day to get our day set up for specials and things like that. Mm. And we had the TV on at our bar, and I remember the news flipping over. Probably Good Morning America flipping over to. Uh, the scene of you know trade center burning um and then uh, i think uh, she and i were watching just when the plane hit mm. and you know that i'll never be able to smell roasted garlic and oil because again without thinking about 9-11 because uh, you know italian restaurant garlic and oil that mm. that was seared in my mind you know that kind of uh sensory yeah um olfactory memory recognition yeah. thing. And I just remember the whole day just being numb and, you know, we were expecting to be dead that day. I hate this bad pun, but we were expecting to be really slow that day. And we ended <laughs> up being really busy because people were lost. They had no clue where mm-hmm. to go. They had no clue how to, how to act. Yeah. And we were, you know, just busy trying to console people. And it was just the eeriest feeling of uh, just silence in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's normally lively, you know, and it, it, I, I'll, like I said, I went home that night and probably watched, you know, new, one of the news channels probably oh, yeah. 24 to 36 hours straight just because my parents were in California trying to get back and, oh, and wow. things like that. So it was, Holy a, cow. you know, it was just a interesting time. Yeah. So you? Uh, at the time I was managing one of the largest um, automotive operations, distribution center. I remember being in my office. Um Employees were in the break room, and I got a phone call. I need to come upstairs. I'm thinking something's bad going on with my employees. Mm. I get upstairs. I see everybody crowded around the TV, and I was in shock. My mouth just dropped. I'm like, guys, what is going on? At that time, that's when I saw the second airplane hit. Mm. I'm like, oh, gosh. One of the employees working there had some relatives in New York, and I saw them walking out to go try and call them. They couldn't get in contact with them. Um, That was very shocking to me to sit back and forth. That's about the one time I only remember because our job was just grind, go, 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 that the entire operation just came to a stop. Yeah. I mean, you talked about a good hour. Everything else was second. It was like, man, we are under attack. What's going on? To sit back and see all those bodies, to see people jumping out of the window, to see what's going on. I put a Mm -hmm. post on my personal Facebook page, you know, I question myself about this every year when this happens. How would I be like if I knew I lost my spouse 
what would I feel if I know I was out there with all those fumes and gases? How would I be 17 years ago mm-hmm. physically, mentally? And also a question, please, I don't take this the wrong way, excuse me, but um, could I really put someone before me when I'm trying to save my own life? Mm-hmm. I question, I question that as a Christian. I even talked to a pastor a while back, say, Leon, that's a natural thought. You don't know until you put in that situation. Like say, you know, your go-go energy is going to kick in. But I'm mm-hmm. like, man, if it's me trying to get back to my family, can I really sit there and say, I'm going to say, you go and I sit here. Yeah. I don't know, but that yeah. questions my mind. I, that hits my mind every year at this time. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. Well, yeah, we luckily we have hindsight yeah. to, to replay those, but we just never know. I mean, human nature, the, the hormones kicking in your body, you just never know. I mean, it yeah. really changed the way I live my life. I mean, if I go to a restaurant, uh, my back would never be to a door. Now, all that comes from a lot of military training, too, with tactical mm-hmm. people. You can never put me to a door. I always want to go to a restroom. Whenever I'm somewhere, I'm always looking to see who's on my six and my nine. Mm-hmm. I trust nobody. But I wasn't like that until we got into an attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watch everybody know where, I, where I'm at, especially if I'm downtown in a bank. I'm just very skeptical. Even down here with you guys. Yeah. Concord. I'm yeah. watching everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, how about you? Yeah, I, I was at uh, college um, at that time, and I just got out of um, Hurchin's the, uh, theology class and went to the Baptist Student Union. Had no clue. You know, everybody, I saw people, like, walking in and out and uh, stone-faced and had no idea what was going on and turned the corner, and everybody was gathered around the TV at the Baptist Student Union and uh, just tears crying. Uh, I'll never forget that as well. And um, just... You know, that the thing that I, I look back and think, like, it was a horrible tragedy, but then the unity that, that came right after that and how something so tragic but then brought so many people together, it didn't matter then at that point, black, white, Jew, Gentile, Protestant, Catholic, it didn't matter any of that at that point. It was just we're now Americans, mm-hmm. and I've never seen uh, patriotism so high you know, ever in my um, in my lifetime. Yeah. In my lifetime, yeah, right, right, right. I agree. Um, and and all our all our Chinese made American flags <laughs> were being bought up from Walmart. Yeah, yeah. You had those stickers that these these colors don't run, and yeah. then like six months later, they were all faded yeah, and ran. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, how about that? No, that, um, was, that was definitely a, a great positive. Yeah, I mean, to to see fellow man helping their neighbor out, and then also seeing you know charities kick in or individuals yeah. kick in. I, hey, I'm. I'm going to go send clothes to New York or, you know, whatever. Yeah. just, you know, tra- I think, tra- I think that's one thing great about America yeah. is during tragedies, we, we are great into kicking into action. Um, on the way into the show today, uh, there's a private or charity called Barber, uh, uh, Operation Barbecue Relief, hmm. and they are dispatched during natural disasters, and they basically come in and just cook a boatload of barbecue. Hmm. And I saw their their truck was pulled over in Concord. I guess oh, probably wow. refueling, trying to figure out where 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 this storm is going to end up, so they can set up. But but that's an example yeah. where we are great during tragedy. Where yeah. we're not great is when we don't have a tragedy. We exactly. want to fight each other. Oh yeah, and, and I hate that. But yeah. um, I think also on nine eleven, that's the day the news died because. Hmm. I feel that was probably one of the last days of uh, some honest news and media reporting, mm. you know, and after that, I kind of question everything after that, as far as spin, the political spin, the, the political opportunities and points and things like that. And that's yeah. one thing I hate also, but it, it, that, th- that day when my daughter doesn't understand it, I try yeah. to describe it to her, you know, but she will, obviously she never lived through it. So, yeah. 
It's uh, it's one of those things that we will always remember, mm-hmm. never forget. So many heroes jumped up that day, though. Yeah, you know, yes. I mean, Todd Todd Beamer and uh, all the all the first responders running into the towers. The pictures of them yeah. running in as people were running out. Yeah, I mean, so many American heroes that day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's I hate to use the Lee Greenwood song, but it's proud to be an American. I mean, honestly, yeah. it, it is one of our proudest moments yes. in living in this country. Yeah. So no, I agree. That was basically this generation's Pearl Harbor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a cultural shift. You know, I, yeah. uh, there were some negatives out of it, too. But for the most part, it was just a it was, it was a great. I, it, the, the post, seeing everybody rally and unify was yeah. great. Because yeah. we, could, we could, as a country, have taken that as like, uh, we're, we're whooped. We're defeated. But yeah, we I think I, I remember like getting an American flag and taping it to the antenna of the car. Mm. You know, back when cars had antennas, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and doing that, and then say, and and hearing Toby Keith's uh, "Red, White, and Blue" yeah. song, yeah. and just so mad and wanted to go kick some tail. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like I said, we'll never forget. Right. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with our guest Leon Tanner for Watchman Cigars. All that and more. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hey guys, it's me, Big Ain. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce, Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out badmothersmokers.com to place your order. And if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit badmothersmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. Sing this one to you. You know this. You know this song at all? This John Mayer. Yeah. She's always coming, just like Leon, Leon, <laughs> Leon, Leon. I did not know there was a song with Leon in it. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uh, John Mayer, Neon, but I changed the lyrics to Neon uh, to Leon. That's very smart. You know, that's what I do. Yeah. All right, so we're back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Yeah, we actually have in studio, as uh, Biggin mentioned, we have Leon Tanner. Leon Tanner is the owner of Watchman Cigars, uh, based out of here in Charlotte. They are custom smokes, uh, custom sticks that uh, we've had the privilege of actually having at um, Biggin's uh, Downtown Cigar Bourbon Club. Right, the and, official DCBC. Yeah. If you send us a nice email, we might invite you to it. It's kind of an exclusive club. It is exclusive. It's no weird initiations. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Leon's uh, here with us, and uh, we'll give out his social media creds and website after that, or he can do that. But uh, what a pleasure to have you in, Leon. No doubt. No, guys, thanks for the invitation. Actually, your first cigar was at the Whiskey Prison. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go back to that. Uh, our, our friends uh, at uh, Whiskey Prison or Southern Grace Southern Distillery. Grace. Uh, Leanne Powell um, has her own cigar 
uh, kind of personally brand a cigar called Conviction, mm-hmm. and it's a bourbon bourbon aged bourbon guess, aged cigar, a bourbon aged cigar, which was uh, quite delicious. We had that at our previous DCBC, right? And yeah. uh, and we kind of tra- we, we kind of tracked down or stalked. Um, I, I think just, stalking is the actual pretty much term. Stalked, yeah, yeah pretty I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I said I would agree. <laughs> but it's probably one of the best dog. I, I didn't get any restraining orders this time, so which is actually pretty cool. You're you're you're, you're I, doing good. I, yeah, because if so, I'd be breaking it right now. But anyway, <laughs> so so Leon, man, thanks for coming in. Um, looking forward to building our relationship and yeah, uh, even more. But uh, let's let's start out, man. Watchman cigars. Tell us about it. Uh, guys, I am very big on community, first starting off. Um, I've been around cigars. I'm 45 now, since I was about five years old, so 40. Tobacco's been in my family for at least 60 years. Um, we have one of the largest farms in King Street, South Carolina. Hmm. My grandfather raised tobacco in farms. We had over 180, I think 80 acres worth of land. Wow. So someone has, one of us has photos of me being in a barn with tobacco. That's mm-hmm. my grandfather. Wow. Uh, to get into the business, um, it was about 1991 when I was going to college, graduating high school. Okay. Um, taking a cruise, wanting to do some cigars with some guys, and I won't call out this manufacturer because I appreciate everything he's doing for the industry, but it was the nastiest cigar I've ever mm-hmm. had in my life. Not knowing, no one educated me. I'm just going to just grab a cigar, mm-hmm. and I almost died in that place. <laughs> I, when I, no, literally, I almost died. Right. No one to talk about cigar. I'm watching everybody dipping in cognac. I'm dipping mine, too. Mm-hmm. I know you weren't supposed to swallow. <laughs> Man, that was the worst trip. And so you come around here when you start talking about maybe three years ago, research, I want to do my own brand. I'd always blended cigars for other people. Hmm. I said, you know what? After two years of doing this and helping y'all grow and, you know, make a little money on the side, hmm. I want to come out with my own brand. Um, I spent a lot of time in Jamaica. I started talking to a lot of people in Miami. I just love Miami, just the contacts down there. And it was, hey, you got Nicaragua, you got Dominica, you have all these different companies. I said, you know what, this is what I would like to have. So when I started researching, kind of found out, you know, there's a family in Miami who worked for I don't know, one of the third largest tobacco families in the world. Mm-hmm. So you know what, let me check into them. We start talking, we start talking about different blessings. You know, I want to do something different. I don't want to be in a bunch of smoke shops. Yeah. Um, I want to be out blending with distilleries and wineries. He says, man, nobody's come to us with that. I say, I know. Mm. The reason why I'm not going to a factory in Dominican Republic is it would be hard for me to get that back here and doing a lot of things, working with the tariffs. I say, you know what? I don't want to touch yeah. that right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we sit back. We start testing. And, you know, I use this thing as having a virgin tongue because I wasn't really big into smoking cigars. So I knew what I liked personally. I had this thing of I have to go eight for nine. Okay. So any cigar I put out in market for myself, I had to have eight out of nine people to give me their approval, say they like it. Oh, wow. I don't have a vote on it. I'll be one of those dentists. Is it like dentist <laughs> yeah, approved? Yeah, it's like the dentist yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With bourbons, I'll go out and I won't give my six, but I'll try different um, spirits. Mm-hmm. And if it's something I think I'm interested in, I'll find people who like that type of spirit. Huh. I'll bring them in. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Um, I tell everybody. The Watchman brand is very unique in what I do. Um, I have a lot of clientele who lives out on the lake, who likes quality product. But when I decided to do this, I wanted to make sure I had the top leaves in the country. Um, right now, no one can get a Cuban cigar. If mm-hmm. there's a, People think you cannot have Cuban cigars in the United States. Yes, you can. It's illegal to sell them. Mm-hmm. So I want the next four out of five top leaves. So mm-hmm. there's Dominican, Nicaraguan, Honduras, Ecuador. I think can we get those leaves here. 
Yes, we met with a company who could do it for us, researched them for about a year, found out where they would get their leads from and importing. Started researching everybody like I did you guys. I research everybody. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I'm not responsible for anything you found on He's us. He's like uh, the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to be. You, you have to protect be. You're yourself. Right. So he sat back. I told him what type of blends I was wanting to do. He said, you know what? That's great. So, you know, there was a smoke shop here in Salisbury. I love that smoke shop because I like to be where you have general conversation. I don't like mm. the overpowering music. Sure. I don't like my cigars to complement the environment. So when men can sit down and women can have general conversation, talk about life. That's where I want to be, and that's where I'm at. And when you start yeah. looking at blending with different wineries and breweries, you know, it's hard to get um, a lot of distilleries to really trust in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met my first person, I said, you know what, man, this is going to be a hit. We went eight for nine. We put it up there, and it just blew it out the water. Uh-huh. I said, you know what, I think I'm on to something. Then yeah. we go to um, Leanne. I fell in love with her bourbon. Mm. Uh, we started mm. doing that bourbon, and I told several guys when I was sap, I said, guys, I have a cognac cigar, which is phenomenal. Yeah. You guys have had mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I can't keep it. I mean, literally, I cannot keep that in stock, and I do a pot about maybe two, three hundred of those a week. Wow. I told Leanne, and she kind of looked at me and said, Leanne, this is going to be hot. This is going to be the only thing that's going to give my cognac cigar a push for its money. Mm-hmm. That was probably back in May or June. Three weeks ago, she said, Leon, you tried to tell me. I said, Leon, trust me. When I say I go eight for nine and I know something is hot, this thing is hot. Appreciate that. I say this is, I mean, your bourbon, this cigar, when you blend it with a Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Ecuador, I say it's just a nice, smooth blend. Yeah. Um, we're getting ready to release something with old Nick Williams. Um, Matt Ooh. and Zeb Williams, um, they're up in the Winston-Salem area. It's a phenomenal. Um, once again, I I go out to the public. Hey, what do you like? I go in the bars. I sit back. I just review people. But they have something unique, which is basically a um, butterscotch caramel rum. Mm. Oh, buddy. You're talking about something hitting your palate. I mean, you get the butterscotch on the back, the caramel on the tongue. Mm-hmm. And I say, guys, we have got to do this. And it took about a good month. You know, I say, guys, I just want to be a compliment to what y'all are doing. Yeah. That's going to release probably October 1st. Oh, wow. That's right around the corner for yes. you. Yes. Wow. Um, that has been blending now for a while. And like I said, we got a nice wine blend coming out in the area. Mm. So I'm not about just putting my brand in there. I want to help you grow. And when they sit back and say, man, we love what you're doing, you know, I want to be there to support you. You know, I got people literally up until last week emailing me, hey, man, I got a shop I'm opening up in Florida. How about coming down here to Miami? I don't want to be in Miami. Yeah. I got a national guy down there in Miami. Hey, man, I want to cover your brand. I was like, man, I don't want to be in And I did a recording. We talked about the cigars. But, you know, I'm all about, you know, everybody talks about, I tell everybody, you're not going to TLC me. (laughs) <laughs> what that means is I'm not going to do all the work mm-hmm. and I make 25 cents on a cigar. That ain't what I'm here for. Yeah. Anybody who's into a business, you want to provide a quality product. Yeah. And you also want to, you know, make some money on it. Sure. I'm not looking to get rich. I want to be wealthy, mm-hmm. but I also want you to have a good taste. Yeah. So literally when Leanne texts me about you two guys, I'm like, okay. When I say I'm about community, when it came from Leanne, I so you know, it's legit. Let me yeah. reach out to these guys. Awesome. Now, here's the fun part about this here. I reached out to Brandon, not mm-hmm. knowing you two work together. <laughs> I reached out to you, yeah. Brandon. Uh, I don't remember his name, the gentleman we met earlier. Ryan uh, downstairs Ryan. from HB5. 
Ryan came to a cigar release, and Ryan's talking to me and telling me about everything he's doing. And, mm-hmm. and I meet a lot of people talk about a lot of things. I'm like, okay, all right. and I don't disrespect anybody. Sure. When you're talking to me, you get my full attention. When I came to the cigar club, I didn't know he was part of your group. Yeah. Like, wow. Now, Jay. Yeah. Jay was emailing me back in March. Jay and I did a commercial together back in May or June, the hottest day of the year. <laughs> we did a commercial for uh, Don at South Mountain Distilleries for his conviction cigar. No, I'm sorry, the Dignified Cigar I did with him with the single single American malt whiskey. Hmm. And he kept talking, wanting to sit back and do a commercial for me. And when I saw him pull up, I'm like, hold on. And he's like, this is the guy I was telling y'all about. So I'm watching them guys talk. Didn't know the four of you guys were in the same group. And when I was talking to Jason Leon, we were all talking about you, but none of us knew we were talking about the same person. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Funny. Such a small community, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah so. and, and we had Jay on the show, too, trying to find uh, find his episode. But, um, yeah, we had Jay on the show as well talking about his uh, his movie, The Forgiven. Moving is kind of what he does and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah him and I are going to be doing some things together in the near future. Um, and that's just what I love doing. I love connecting people. Yeah, absolutely. But I always have to connect the right people. I'm very careful about who I let inside my circle. Mm. I don't let anybody here. Um, I was once told 20 years ago, everybody don't deserve to come inside your house. That's true. And then, until this day, Ooh, literally, preach. at about being on my own for 22, since I was 22 years old, I can name about maybe eight people that have been inside of my house. Oh, wow. It goes that deep wow. with me. Because I don't like people coming in and start sitting back, judging what you're doing, and I don't know your motives. Mm. I don't care how close you are to me. Everybody yeah. has a motive, including sure. me. Everybody sure. has a motive. I don't care yeah. whether it's good or positive. Yeah. And when people don't want to admit that, I really stay away from you. You mentioned a, a cigar bar in Salisbury. Mm-hmm. Who, who? What do you want to? Yes, man. It was one of the best smoke bars I've ever seen. Um, it was owned by Darren Woody. It was a perfect smoke. It just recently closed down about two. Okay. About three or four weeks ago. Oh, wow. Okay. I went to that operation. I just fell in love with them guys because it was a place where it was a mixed smokehouse. All the guys got along. It was there by the police. You had uh, doctors, lawyers, and the people just came in and just, mm. just enjoyed it. Males, females. And that was the first time I really witnessed something like that mm. where you didn't have music. Each room has a different theme to it. Hmm. I fell in love with that place. They couldn't keep my cigars on the shelf. Sure. It was literally just dropping cigars, and now I'm talking 100 sticks probably, I don't know, a week, every other week. Wow. But it was more about the environment there with all the different people. No matter what time I showed up there, a lot of times I'd go there and not sell anything. Mm-hmm. I'd go and just sit down and say, Ying, what's going on? I told you guys, I'm just going to kick it with you. Yeah. It's, it's a nice environment here. I love it here. So men and women, you mentioned women cigar smokers. That really doesn't seem like I, I see that a lot, but... Equal equal opportunity, but when you do, you're like, "Hey, buddy, you kind of take notice of that, and you see yeah. see a woman." I'm, listen, they, I they, love my wife, but hey, that's pretty hot. They have to be. Uh, it has to be kind of a, a minority of a smoker, I, I would assume. I'm sure there's probably a lot of women getting into it, mm. but there has to be. I don't know what the percentage, male versus female, but I don't know the percent. But from my perspective, the, there are more women joining cigar smoking now than men. So really? it's almost like a three to one ratio. Oh wow! They have almost like their own clubs. They really? hang out at their own homes. That's cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at the, I don't women, know if I want to be a part of the conversation there, but you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> over and, a cigar club, and they know their cigars. Hmm. Um, there's two ladies that I 
or bring them to the show. Um, one of those, Michelle Maxwell. She's a big supporter of the Watchmen brand when I first got started. Uh, there's another lady, um, Kenyatta Johnson. She has a cigar group here. And then the third lady who has is Angel Ballantyne. She started the NC Cigar Club. Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, when I say she knows her cigars, these she ladies knows. knows their cigars. It was almost to a point where there's a box press cigar. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing it in from Dominican Republic. I'm not a big fan of the box press. Mm. So when she tasted it, you know, she knew how the other cigars taste. And she came on a Facebook page, hey, well, you didn't ask me to sample those, so you must know that's great shape. But no, this box press is a great cigar. Uh, I created a blend from that. I said, we brought it from the Dominican Republic. She sent me a text. She says, why don't you like the box press? I said, it's too much air flowing through. So she come out, she sent a post because she loves to educate people. It was, hey, that's what a box press is supposed to do. So I'm reading this article. Oh, Okay, a box press is supposed to have that much air flowing through there. And she said, Leon, it's a great stick. So when I released it, I sold 80 cigars in three days. Mm. Wow. I sat on them cigars for three months. Mm. <laughs> and for our listeners that doesn't understand what a box press is, can you kind of explain that a little bit? It's almost like a small, if you take a stick of butter, cut mm-hmm. it in half. And so it, most cigars are round, Correct. right? And yes, this sir. one, a box press is going to be pressed like a box. Correct. It's be like a square. Correct. So yeah. what? I, it, since we're on this subject, what I know there's different types of sticks. Obviously, you're not just going to go there and be like, I, I want to watch a cigar. Because the guy is probably going to be like, okay, moron, which mm-hmm. which cigar? Oh, you might not say moron. You yeah. may say idiot, idiot yeah. but he'll say, which one yeah. do you want? And you're going to need to know. So yeah. there, there's different types of smokes. There's Robusto. Mm-hmm. What, what are we got? You have basically you have your Toros. You have your um, Robustos. You have your Churchills. Basically, a Toro is about a 6 by 52 inch cigar. Um, it's one of the most common smokes that are out there. You have your churchy. So, so the Turo is the most common? It's the most common cigar. Okay. The Robusto is almost like a um, 48-inch cigar. It's a shorter smoke. Um, that's uh, is that two inch, two feet? 48 inches? No, uh, 48 millimeter? You're so, millimeter around. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, I was thinking yeah. like a two-foot cigar. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, hey, Sorry buddy. about that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's like a Bob Marley smoke. <laughs> But that's going to be your most impactful cigar because a lot of people, well, I'm not going to say a lot, we do um, a full-leaf cigar, so we don't cut ours up in half. So we'll take a 52 cigar, and we'll take and we'll just compact all that to make a Robusto. So well, it's now, called Robusto, so it's got to have more punch to it, it, it just does. by the name. It has a <laughs> pack to it. Um, so, it's more, so it's a more dense cigar packed in a shorter kind of, I guess, surface area. Correct. So. Uh, you have your different styles. You have a Connecticut, which is almost, which is a mild cigar. Mm-hmm. You have your Maduro, which is a medium, a little spicy. And then you have your Habano. That's probably one of the strongest cigars that are out there, depending on what country it comes from and which leaf you're using. Okay. Um, now, I did a Robusto Habano. And Ooh. for the true smokers, it's a phenomenal stick. Too mm-hmm. strong for me. Yeah. I don't think I've got enough. Nah. I ain't got a hair. Hair enough. I, got, I ain't got enough hairs. And then you have the what I call the big Mohesian, the sixty gauge cigar. That things. That's massive, huge, wow. man. Uh, I kept that out of my lineup to about <laughs> maybe literally, man. I got a call from a guy. We did an event at uh, my private golf club in Raleigh. He said, man, I want a, uh, a sixty gauge. I said, you want a what? <laughs> I said, man, I can put them together for you. I sold like literally. 30 of them things sit there Ooh. doing his event because he'd already purchased like maybe 200 cigars for the event. Okay. And I bought some extra just to, you know, get yeah, rid of them. Sure. And he sold them. But once again, when you start talking to a lot of people, it's very popular with a lot of the older culture smokers hmm. and a lot of females. Hmm. They love that cigar. 
I said I was going to try one one day, but I just can't bring myself you to. Can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't do get it. my mouth around I, that I, thing. I yeah, just. Yeah. So no, cigars are a very interesting yeah. thing. There are so many companies out there doing cigars. It's almost like you know you go into a beer joint or, yeah. or ABC store. Sure, there's something for everybody. I tell everybody, you know, I have my own following. I tell everybody, I don't want to watch my cigar to be on the cigar in your humidor. But just add it to your rotation. Mm-hmm. You'll always notice something different. That's how I decided what I like and what I don't like. I'm very fond to Oliva and Padron mm-hmm. cigars. Uh, my rolls came from Padron. Um, whenever I go to Miami, I'm one of the few guys that have photos of just going inside this factory, take a couple of photos with those guys. Because oh, wow. I went down to pay homage to them because Padron himself passed in December. Oh, did not know that. And it took me some time to get down to Miami. Just had a lot of stuff going on. So sure. I went there. You know, we sit back, we talked. Um, we smoked a couple of smokes together. I said, you know what? I said, I appreciate what y'all are doing for the industry. But most importantly, you guys have the finances to go down and fight Congress for us right now. Hmm. Without you guys, the guys that are doing what I'm doing, you know, we'd probably be shutting our doors as of a couple of weeks ago. Wow. But the guys who really have the financial backing, because you're looking at wanting us to change labels, wanting us to add, we always put out there, hey, we know that cigars are not an option to cigarettes. We know it causes cancers. But at the end of the day, the way I look at it, I'm not forcing anything on anybody. Mm-hmm. It's all independent choice. Exactly. Yeah. So if someone chooses to do that, why should I be changing all my labels? Why should I have to put this out yeah. there for people? You know, I know if I go out and drink maybe 10 beers, I'm probably going to kill somebody. Yeah, but well, I don't see it saying. goes to, down to the basic thing. Should should we put Surgeon General warnings on spoons? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that spoon could literally lead to, you know, e- mean, eating a eating a pint of Häagen Dazs every night. Don't yes. act like yeah. I haven't done that, by the way. <laughs> but you know, that just goes back to government wanting to control everything. Mm-hmm. And trust yeah. me, I'm all for control. Yeah. But at the end of the day. I think all those large manufacturers are out there. And every chance I get when I meet one of them, I'm telling them, hey, I thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. I will never sit back and bash another cigar company. I will never bash another person who's doing what I'm doing. Um, there's no need for it. I need them as much as they need me, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah. I tell everybody, hey, try them. Tell them what you like. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. And we may even have some listeners that, that have said, well, why do, you, why, do you, why do you even have a cigar guy on? Like, you shouldn't be having... You know, you're a Christian. You shouldn't do that. Let me just say this, y'all. Um, it's all in moderation. People enjoy things. Just like having a bourbon or a beer, it's okay. Y'all, calm down. If you're upset about it, send your emails to mojo yeah, at I'll SFP. Take no, just listen, between you and I, I don't even think that's a real email address. <laughs> so send your emails to mojo at out. SFP. Let's test it. Um, but listen, y'all, I mean... You have some really good cigars. Thank you. Um, I mean, we we tested the Conviction. We've tested the Cognac. You, the other night, had like 14 more that I Mm. didn't even try. Um, But really, just a quality, quality product. Thank you. And and so tell our listeners, what makes yours different than if you go to the the Harris Teeter and pull one out of the rack? Ours are... uh Besides them not being very dry. <laughs> Those are too dry at the Harris Teeter. Well, it's, it's our curing time. Sure. Uh, we make sure we our leaves are cured. They don't make you look like two, five years. Uh, when we roll them, um, yeah, when you bring your leaves in. They, you mean it takes two to five years to to dry a leaf to cure it so that you can do this? To get a quality smoke, yes. So by the time you put a barrel uh the, the the white dog into a barrel of bourbon uh, mm-hmm. you know a barrel it's the same time to make a cigar it's five years for that correct 
Holy cow. I had no idea. There are so many factories over there. And that has changed in the last two years because of the growth of cigars. But there are factories over in Dominican, Nicaragua, mm-hmm. Honduras, Ecuador. They have factories up there that are letting the leaf sit two to five years. Wow. So now you're getting that leaf in the fifth year. Sure. That's why a lot of the top guys hadn't gone out of business yet. That's why they're growing because it's a quality product. Wow. So now when you put me in that mix, yeah. that I'm getting that same quality leaf, but I don't have that top name on it's the same product. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell everybody, there's websites you can go to. I'll say, hey, I, I'm buying my lease from this company. Hmm. Go check them out. This same company is rolling for maybe 15 major uh, manufacturers. So when people email me, which is watch the underscore cigars at yahoo.com, okay. I'll tell them the website to go to. And then they'll come back. Man, I didn't know this. Me either. So I started doing my research and I started reading. Hmm. When I started going out and talking to these different manufacturers, I'll, go, I'll visit maybe two manufacturers a year just to sit back and talk and see what's going on in the industry because mm-hmm. I like trying to stay on top of things. So when you see stuff like that, you talk about the curing time, yes. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that, and we know that we have quality rollers. Um, one of the guys one night asked me about, when I go out and smoke, smoke groups, I don't smoke the things that I already have out there in the market. Mm-hmm. If you noticed, I smoke something different. Yeah, you did. When, when, we, were, when we had our thing, you was like, I'm going to try this one and see if, and then at that point, you're like, no, nope, I'm not going to use them. Yes. That was amazing. Yes. Um, I was glad that question came up because a lot of times everybody said, you're not smoking what I'm smoking. I'm, like, no, I'm just doing something different. Mm-hmm. I just recently started telling people what I was doing. Uh, I'm testing it, seeing how I like it. And I may give a stick to someone else. But when I get a stick, I like using matches. That match is okay. going to tell me everything I need to know about a cigar. It's going to let me know how well it's dried. It's going to let me know how well it's rolled when I'm puffing on it. Hmm. And all that just comes with experience. And then when I sit back and I let a cigar sit down, if I let it sit and it goes out, it tells me, okay, maybe it hasn't dried enough or maybe hmm. it's not rolled enough. If you notice that cigar I was smoking went out three times. Yeah. That was the second time in four days that I tried that cigar. I mean, a different stick, but yeah. that same line of cigars. Yeah. I said, I can't roll this out. Wow. But what I did with that cigar with the same thing I've done with my cognacs and I've done with my bourbons, I soaked them the same way. Hmm. And it didn't hold with either one of them. I said, wow. I cannot do this one. Because, once again, that's my name out there. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, out of a 1,000 cigars, I've only had two complaints. Now, these are the complaints. <laughs> I, okay, I promise y'all. One guy. Man, this label you have. I said, what? <laughs> now, this guy has a cigar now. Uh, He's that same side of the Toro. Uh, now, this cigar is sitting there getting ready to burn his fingers. <laughs> And I've never seen a cigar smoke that far down. He said, man, this label you have, I just don't just don't know about the label. I don't know about that label. I said, now, you done smoked all that cigar. You're talking about a label. I said, let me, let me explain to you the Watchman brand. The Watchman brand came up because I like helping my fellow man. I've done this for 15 years. So if I can come to someone's aid, that's what I like to do. I said, I'm a big fan of watches. So what better way to come up with the Watchman brand? Now, what? It's catchy. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, but, man, you know, you can do something different with this. I said, whatever, dude. He's probably the same guy that eats the whole steak yes. and he complains about yes. it. Oh, yeah, sends it back. And then I get up and I go into a, a family smoke bar. And I'm just going and seeing what they have in there. I told him, you know, you got a couple of cigars here that we roll for. They didn't believe me. No problem. No worries. But they had a guy there who knew of me. He's like, yeah, Leon, I went there that day. But, yes, I know what you guys are doing. And I understand the cigar the lady was smoking. She said, well, I didn't like it. So now. You have one person who don't like it, so now you don't change the culture. Everybody in the mm. shop, no worries. I'm all about it. But those are the only two out of it. Because I keep recognizing out of a thousand cigars, wow. those are the only two complaints I've had. Hmm. Wow, that that's like a five star rating on Amazon. Just you know, in I case think I, the whole cigar 
just the science of a cigar. I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. by like how things are constructed and yeah. But the, the whole science of a cigar is very interesting. Just, you know, you talk about the Ecuador and the Nicaraguan, the Honduran uh, leaves. I mean, this is like coffee. Each region has their own flair. Just like uh, out of Louisiana and Texas, there's a, I think it's Perique, is an American domestic leaf that's been around for centuries that actually the Choctaw Indians would cultivate and farm. Mm-hmm. And it's very spicy, very peppery. But, you know, that's one thing that just intrigues me about cigars is that how climate soil mm-hmm. and sun and how much rain and um, the whole curing time. I mean, uh, you know, down down here in the south, I mean, we used to be littered with all kinds of drying barns. And yeah. uh, it's just the whole science is just amazing. So out, out of all the leaves that you use, what which ones are more mild? You know, how I guess rate the, the areas and regions from mild to, to, to more potent. Um, my personal opinion, um, I think. Dominican is mild, mm. and then you come up because th- they have four different. It depends on what farm you get it from because every yeah. farm is totally different. Yeah, um, Ecuador they got four different farms, so it's kind of hard to mm. come out and say which one is more milder. Um, it really depends. Okay, when you go to break a leaf down, you may have the top portion where it goes in to be the filler. So you have okay. a filler, you have a binder, and then you have that wrap around it. Um, it's that's a hard question to answer mm. because of the different region. Though you was talking about the soil. When you look at uh, the other countries outside, their soil is a lot more richer than ours. Hmm. Their sun, it beams down. That's why their yeah. crops are much better than ours. Their crops grow all year long. When you come over to the American soil, it's something about what takes place with, it's almost like a sandy, grainy, mm. and it makes a good cigarette mm. tobacco. But it doesn't work well with a, a cigar. And I hadn't been able to figure that out yet because I've tried it, but it just—it's almost yeah. it's a different bland taste to it. I've never mm-hmm. smoked a cigarette in my life, um, and I yeah. hadn't. And, you yeah. know, you, you brought up an interesting point. You're talking about Christians, you know. It took me a while to put my face on my cigar because of my Christian background. Mm. I was—I'm still very active in the church, television mm. ministry, editing, doing a lot of things for the television ministry. My wife said, "Leon, you have to put your face on this cigar." Mm. Man, there were sometimes I'd be making mistakes where I think I'm posting on Watchmen Facebook page and I would hit Leon Facebook page. I can't get to my phone fast enough because I didn't want I didn't want it to get out there. And I sat and I talked to a pastor recently. He said, Leon, look at what you doing. He said, Is it legal? I said, Yes. He said, If it was the only way to provide for your family, mm-hmm. would you do it? I said, Yes. Mm-hmm. He says, so What's your problem? Yeah. I was like, Wow. Yeah. And that really changed my whole mind and outlet. Once again, it's because of the way I grew up in church yeah. and, you know, just coming up with this new age generation of ministry right now. You know, I don't consider myself that churchy, churchy person where you mm. sit back, thou, blah, I don't do that. Man. <laughs> I talk to people on a level you can reach them. Yeah. Um, I'm that person who will go to a corner store where somebody sit in the corner and say, no, I done been on that corner before. I done sold drugs before. Man, this ain't what you want to be. Mm-hmm. I know your family members. Trust me. I saw them get shot right there. And I, and I mm-hmm. tell these stories to a lot mm-hmm. of people that they want in the neighborhoods. And they'll come back and say, man, wow, you've been here before. Yes. Where people go wrong, I don't care what you're doing. It's when you can't sit out and reach somebody and tell them your faults. Mm-hmm. I've made a lot of mistakes in the cigar industry. You know, some of us been, you know, I don't know everything about cigars. And I'll tell everybody that. I have a community around me that can help educate yeah. me and help me grow. When you get to that point that you are the biggest fish in the room, you might as well just close your shop down, close yeah. your doors because your mm-hmm. days are numbered. And so, and I never want to get to that point. I want to learn something every single yeah. day. Yeah. So when you take this cigar industry and you look at coming from a Christian background and your wife saying, hey, Leon, you'd be the face of it. 
when you're talking to a couple of ministers, they say, Leon, it's mm-hmm. legal, man. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. You don't force it on everybody. You just have a quality product. Yeah. And that really changed my mind about eight months ago about mm-hmm. doing this here. So I was, trust me, one of them people who always sit back. Should you be, should you be smoking on church grounds? You're gonna, you're the one emailing Mojo. Yeah, yeah I understand, I understand. You know, I'm all about. Uh, Ten years ago, I probably took every personal belief in religion and politics I had, and I took a match to it and watched it all burn. Because, not to use a cigar reference with, with matches, but good. because you got to challenge yourself. Yeah. And I grew up in, like you said, where. Um, Everything you did would probably lead to hell. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Use a toothpaste with fluoride yes. going to hell. Yeah. I mean, you know, or ethyl Oreo, double stuff. Yeah. I mean, you get it. Yeah. So it's all fire and brimstone. So I I like that. I like that you finally just said, you know what? People people are going to judge regardless. Yes. So they're probably judging if you're going above the speed limit. Yes. Yeah. So. At the end of the day, let my bills get behind. None of them people judging me are going to come and say, hey. I know you're a Christian, but your bills do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one thing that I really did want to push is you um, have partnered with Seven Jars um, with Scott and those guys there. Really cool folks down in, in Charlotte. And you have an event coming up October 11th from 6 to 8. Can you tell our, our listeners what that's about? Yes, um, Seven Jars. That's a very unique family who's been tied mm-hmm. into Charlotte for since the fifties, um, I'll tell everybody it's public record. You know, they sold you and see Charlotte and some other things, but the event we have coming up, it's going to be an introduction to cigar one-on-ones. You get to come in. It's almost like a private event, but it's, um, cigar one-on-one entry level cigar smokers. You can come in for your experience and it gives you a chance to tour their distillery. You know, if people mm-hmm. don't even have wines. They will teach you how to make wine. So you come in, you get a cigar, we go through a one-on-one. Uh, we sit back, we go through a bunch of wine t- tastings, and we'll do his spirit tastings. He has uh, apple whiskey. He has a rye whiskey. Um, there's a vodka, which I don't think that goes good with a cigar. I'm try that. <laughs> sure. And then he has something like a um, a pickle vodka, which is what? it's not for me, and I've told Scott that. <laughs> and well, that's the one thing about me and everybody I tell him. If yeah. it ain't good, I won't do it. Yeah. So, no, please come out. Go on to their website, sevenjars.com. Um, I think it's forward slash events. events. Yep. The event's $20, but it comes with a Watchman cigar. Mm-hmm. And with that type of private event, it's going to be more than a little half ounce of, you know, what you can do as far as your tastings. Sure. So we give everybody a lot of experience on going there. We're really looking forward to it. You know, yeah. you get the tourist facility, you can do some good stuff that night. Um, and we'll have that link out on our, our show notes as well, so you can go there. Where can people find you and your cigars if they're wanting to connect? Uh, I am in over several distillers, but to reach me personally, um, you can go on my Facebook page, uh, Watchman Facebook, uh, Watchman Cigars on Facebook. Uh, you want 1991, or you can go to Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com. Uh, and I will show you. You can order for me directly. I'll ship to you online. I oh, shipped wow. my first order to California two weeks ago. Oh, he nice. Loved it. So he nice. caught me off another website. Uh, and then I'm in several distilleries and wineries. Too many to list. So I would just send everybody <laughs> emails. Hey, this is where you want to go if you're in that area. Okay. Very cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. I, Thank you. I really appreciate it. We're going to play a game uh, that we call 10 and 1. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and see if you can get it in under a minute. Would you be willing to play that? Let's do it. All right. You win a free cigar if you, uh, you know. Yes. <laughs> All right. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Jamaica. Your favorite superhero? Batman. Who's winning the Super Bowl this year? Dallas Cowboys. Uh, is this, is this, 
Is a cigar a cigar sometimes? Yes. <laughs> Biscuits or cornbread? Biscuits. Your favorite drink with a cigar? Kanye. Um, do you get some sugar after smoking a cigar? Yes. That <laughs> a boy. Your favorite board game? Monopoly. Besides yours, what's your favorite cigar? Padron. And the last question, what is your spirit food? Everybody has a spirit animal. What is your spirit food? Steak. Okay. Mm-hmm. He got it. Man, good job. All right. All right. Well, Leon, once again, thank you. Please go to his uh, social media. Check him out. Uh, we'd love to see you guys order from him. And no if you doubt. don't know how to get in touch with him, please contact the show. We'll get you over. And uh, yep. we'll have, But check, please check the show notes. We'll have all his links on there. But anyway, once again, we appreciate you tuning in. And as always, please go to our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can find us on the Instagram and Twitters at SFP Radio. Maybe we'll get banned also on Twitters. I'm, I'm aiming for that. <laughs> but um, you can also go to our YouTube.com forward slash SFP Radio. Our Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash SFP radio. Most importantly, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. Give us a review, subscribe, share it. And as always, keep looking up. Mm-hmm.